0: Thank you, David. Church, it's so good to be with you this morning. Uh, you know, being in different places around the world over, you know, over the years, uh, I there's the same spirit, the same heart, the same uh, love for the world around us. And missions is what really causes us to, 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 to be not just bound together, but also move together. We do what we do together. Uh, as churches um, one church but different locations and uh, I just want to say thank you for for allowing me to to be with you today um, you know this is mission Sunday I don't know if this is your normal mission Sunday but today that's what I just want to share just for a few minutes uh, about missions and uh, my thought this morning I uh, just want to look into the word and I'll share a little bit about myself and then I'll uh, get into the word but Uh, I want to talk about maintaining uh, a surrender to heart for others because, you know, when we become, uh, wounded, when we become hurt, when we become uh, just overwhelmed with things, uh, I, I can't care for anybody else. I'm really more just overwhelmed with my own stuff and our stuff is real. I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to, to, to play down that what's going on to us isn't real. It's real, but, uh, You know, I've been pastoring the the church in Yuma since uh, 2001. Uh, I've been with, uh, actually, Pastor Messer, who started the church in Yuma in 1974. So I've been there in the church in Yuma for a long time. And uh, so this morning, I just want to talk to you from a standpoint of uh, God's doing some amazing things. And we have an enemy. And that enemy would love to stop us by causing us to look inward as opposed to looking outward uh, at what God is doing. So this morning, let me let me take a second and pray, and then I just want to get right into uh, what God has given to me. So, Father, I thank you for this church. Thank you for amazing people. Thank you, Father, for Dave and Joe and their family for the for the team that you put around them for the church there in Canberra, Lord. That this is. This is a life-giving church. This is a a mission church, a church that cares for others. And Lord, when we look out and look at others, Lord, we know that you're looking after us. God, I pray grace, strength, and blessing on this house, on Dave and Joe, and on all those that are connected to this house. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, I want to look at Proverbs chapter 4. Just read this quickly proverbs 4 verse 20 through 23 and uh you know i have a few verses but i'll try to move quickly through them um this is actually uh a proverb that has really meant a lot to me over the years uh let me just read, read it with you it says uh, my son or my child another translation says speaking to all of us pay attention to what i say turn your ear to my words Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's own body. And this is the part that really, I I, I just, I love this part. Above all, he says, guard your heart for everything you do flows out of it. Can you say with me everything? Everything. Everything. Yes. Everything, uh, our family relations, our work relations, everything that happens to us flows out of our heart, because it's not really so much what's happening out there, it's what's happening inside of us uh, that causes us to be effective. And so let me give you a little bit of background about myself briefly. Um, You know, I was born in in 1956, a long time ago, uh, by comparison to some of you all. But uh, I was born in Los Angeles. My parents were separated when I was just a year old. Uh, we moved in, lived with my grandparents until I was about 15 years old. And uh, growing up there in that house with my grandparents, uh, you know, my grandfather was an alcoholic. Uh, my grandmother was the closest thing to a, uh, an angel that you could ever meet. And so I had the best of both worlds. My mom and my brother and myself lived there. And so, you know, I, I saw a lot of verbal and emotional abuse. Uh, and I'm not saying that towards me. I just saw, it, you know, God gave me a lot of grace to navigate. And so there was a lot of emotional abuse, uh, uh, verbal abuse. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, thought that was normal. I just thought that just the way life was, I thought everyone's home was like that. Uh, I began, as I got a little older, I began to ask myself questions. Uh, as I got out, started playing ball and sports with other kids, uh, you know, we'd have organized sports and dads would be there. And I would be wondering, well, where's my dad? You know, how come my dad's not here? Because I never asked that question growing up because I just was kind of uh, didn't really get out there much, but when I began to rub shoulders with other people and see what other lives were like, I began asking questions like that. Why couldn't I have friends over to the house, uh, uh, you know, to to spend the day? Well, obviously, what was going on in the house that I was growing up in was quite dysfunctional and quite broken, uh, my grandfather. And I loved my grandfather. I I always have to go on to say I loved him. I loved him deeply. God just somehow gave me a grace to, to just care for him and to love him. And uh, But I, the question I would always ask myself is, why was he always drunk and why was he always angry? He was always angry. He was always just uh, having to cover up whatever was going on. And so there's so many things in my life that took place. But in '72, in 1972, I, I gave my life to Christ. Another story for another time. But God drew my heart. And he saved me. And I began to understand that, uh, that God had something more f- uh, for me than what I grew up in. And so, you know, today, uh, I just want to say that, you know, I was very impacted by the environment that I grew up in. But the thing was, I knew after I got saved, after I came to Christ, that I knew I had a choice if I wanted to get past all of that stuff. And the reason I'm saying that today is because every single one of us have a past. Every single one of us have grown up in environments that maybe maybe they were wonderful and maybe they weren't. But the thing is, is things have happened to all of us that cause us to close off and to, to retreat from within. And it's like, I care for me because I can't do anything for anyone. Uh, and so everybody has a story, everybody has a past and everybody I'm sure can relate to some of those things in your own way. But uh, uh, today, I want to look at uh, the life uh, of the Apostle Paul for just a few minutes. You know, um, Paul had to overcome a lot of things in his life from his past, uh, and Paul lived a surrendered life to the Lordship of Jesus. But here, I just—I'm going to give you the key right now that that I feel like has given Paul what he had in order to serve and to to love others. And I think this is a key for all of us. Uh, The Apostle Paul was able to get over everything that happened to him. And Paul, listen, Paul wasn't a very nice guy in the early days, not towards the church. He was very, very angry and very, very, uh, had a lot of animosity towards the church. But let me just say it this way. Paul never got over the grace of God once he came to Christ. And, if, and if, if you can, if you can grab hold of that thought that Paul never got over the grace of God, you know, I've gotten over so many things, hurts and angers and, and disappointments and, and things that have happened to me. I've gotten over a lot of things, but the one thing that I never want to get over, get past is God's grace because God's grace is that thing that gives us the power and the desire to move on, to move forward. There's another verse, and David doesn't have this. But let me just read this if you want to write it down. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse uh, 13 and 14. I'm sorry, Dave. I threw this in after the fact. Uh, Paul says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. He says, but one thing I do. One thing. And I, I, Paul says there's one thing he do, does that helps him to move forward. I want to know what it is. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has given me uh, heavenward in Christ. The very first thing I see Paul uh, doing is is, uh, forgetting the past. But now let's look at Paul's life for a second. What did he have to forget? What did he have to get beyond? Uh, The first place we see Paul is at the stoning of Stephen. Uh, You know, this is the first time that the scriptures mention him. And uh, so here, uh, Stephen is has been arrested. Stephen, the deacon, there in in, in the Book of Acts, uh, and because of the impact that was going on, because of the gospel that was being preached, and so Stephen is standing before the high priest and the Sanhedrin, and he's giving them a testimony, actually a history lesson. He's talking to them about Abraham. He's talking to them about Isaac. He's talking to them about Jacob. He's talking to them about Joseph. And then he begins talking to them about Moses. The the Jewish uh, people, they loved Moses. He was actually, there was nobody higher than Moses. Moses was the man. And he's talking about Moses. And he's giving them a history lesson, reminding them, of because they wanted to know why he was doing what he was doing. But then after he gives them this kind of a recount of everything, he, so he begins to talk and he says, our fathers, our ancestors, uh, uh, basically uh, the, because of the stubbornness of our ancestors, they killed all of the prophets. Let me read this. Dave, you can put that up. Acts chapter 7, verse 57 and 58. Uh, after, they, after he had told them all these things, it's, and, and it says that they covered their ears. And the yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at Stephen, at him, and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And then verse 1 of chapter 8, it says that Paul approved of their killing him. Paul approved of their killing Stephen. He was like telling them, Hey, there's a nice stone over there. Hey, let me hold your coat. Get a good wind up. I mean, he was basically his, his bitterness and ha- hatred for the Jewish people, not the Jewish people, but for the Christians was, was at a level that we, I can't even understand. But nevertheless, he would, this is the first time we see him. And so this young Pharisee is driven and obsessed to stamp out christianity uh, he traveled from city to city it tells in the scriptures uh, uh, looking uh with uh, breathing out murderous threats uh, uh to about the about the believers about the christians there and so on one of these trips paul has this this uh, dramatic encounter with jesus and so he's on the road to damascus he gets knocked off of his horse just going to give you a little uh, review here and then i'm going to get right to my thought this morning because it's not a big thought but it's a powerful thought uh it says that this that paul was knocked off of his horse and blinded uh and he has this conversation with jesus and he's asking him uh, you know who are you and jesus says you know i'm jesus the one you're persecuting the one you're, you're you're going after. You're killing my church. You're killing the people that I have sent out. And so Jesus forgives him. He saves him. And he commissions Paul. He puts him on a mission. He sets him on a mission to get out and to go get the gospel to other people. And so Paul lives an amazing life of service and sacrifice. But the question is, is how in the world does someone get past all that stuff that they've done? I mean, I'm sure he remembered that he's holding the coats. He's standing there guarding the coats and showing them where the good rocks are Is they're stoning Stephen. He's got all these things that he had been going uh, city to city, uh, pulling out families, Christians, young men, young women, believers that were confessing Christ and imprisoning them. And a lot of them, I'm sure, were put to death. And so how does Paul, here he is, he's standing before Jesus, blinded, listening to the, to the voice of the Lord. And the Lord tells him, I'm going to send you, and you're going to go to the Gentiles, and you're going to take this gospel of hope to the Gentiles. And Paul, he does it. But the question is, I'll go back to what I said a minute ago. How does he do it? Well, one thing was the grace of God. Listen, for us to understand for us to understand what grace is uh, and how it works, we have to really understand exactly what it is. And the definition of the word grace, or yeah, if you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, the Bible dictionary, it's uh, the divine influence on the heart. God's influence on your heart and its reflection in your life. And so if I want God to be reflecting from my life, I have to have his influence in my heart. And the influence on the heart of the Apostle Paul, or Saul as he's known here, is the influence of forgiveness. He accepted that forgiveness. He accepted that that charge and that challenge to go and to take the message of life. And so how does Paul get past his past? He never gets over the grace of God. It's by grace. It's that grace. And what do we know about grace? We know that, that God resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. You know, uh, since the since the time that I began preaching, and you know, I st- I came on when when Pastor Jack came here to Australia, I was um, instructed by Pastor Messer to go into the youth and to begin ministering to the youth. Now I'd never preached, I'd never taught, um, and I basically just began to make excuses. Oh, Pastor, you know, I'm. I'm not really a preacher. I'm not really a teacher. I'm not really. And uh, I don't. And he says, well, I don't, I said, I don't really feel led. And he said, well, Tom, I'm not asking you if you feel led. I'm telling you, I need you to do this. And so, you know, what do you say to that? (laughs) So I, I, I said, yes, sir. So I went in and I just began uh, every single week just getting grace to to share what was uh what god would put on my heart to share the love of jesus there's people here in this church and and god is calling you to do things god's calling you to reach friends and co-workers and family members to share the hope that you have and the one thing that i think that that, that we all maybe draw on is the thing that i'm not qualified uh, I, I i you know i'm not a preacher uh, i'm not a whatever but the truth of the matter i think the the reality is is that when we get grace we get empowered because that's what grace is it's the empowerment of the lord god almighty of the lord jesus to do what he's called us to do and that is to share our story to share the hope that is within within us and so how does paul continue to go on because look i know even at my age i'm 66 years old and i can remember things that i'm not proud of from my past they continue they come back and i just continually just push them down i continue to cover them with the blood i pray i thank god for his forgiveness but the thing is is they continually come back i cannot imagine now listen i'll I've never killed anybody. I've never uh, paid anybody to kill anybody. I've never stood by and watched somebody be killed, you know, uh, with my approval. But I just wonder how it was that the, the, the guy that wrote the majority of the New Testament got beyond the stuff in his life. How did he do it? He did it by the grace of God. He did it because God gave him that strength, that power and that desire to move forward so uh let me just jump forward here um he explains in timothy i'm going to jump forward to timothy here david uh this is first timothy chapter 1 verse 12 through 16 and uh the this is what he tells timothy he says i thank G- christ jesus our lord who has given me strength he has considered me trustworthy appointing me for his service even though I was once a blasphemer. Now he's, he's he's testifying about his past. I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. And I love this verse. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance jesus christ jesus came into the world to save sinners and paul says of whom i am the worst i think he believed that too and he says but for that very reason i was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners christ jesus might display uh, his immense patience an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life simply stated simply put paul never here, here paul never got over the grace of god he was standing uh actually uh before uh, let me see here david let me go back to verse 26 there acts 26 paul is standing uh in front of king agrippa he's standing in front of king agrippa and so here's paul and after many years this is many years later he'd been preaching the gospel he'd been uh building churches and establishing churches and he he's he's standing there and uh he's testifying of all the things that god had done uh and how the the mission that he was on to destroy the church but let me read this he says uh many a time i went from one synagogue to another now this is later on he says he's testifying many a time i went from one synagogue to another uh, to have them christians believers uh, punished and i tried to force them to blaspheme so i w- was obsessed with persecuting them even i hunted them down in foreign cities on one of these journeys uh i was going to damascus and the authority now he's testifying to agrippa he's giving the gospel how he came to christ uh I was going to Damascus the authority, uh, with the authority and the commission of the chief priests about noon, King Agrippa. I was on the road and I saw a bright light from heaven, uh, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I said, Lord, who are you? I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And the Lord replied, "Now get up on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people." That's an amazing thought. I think that what he I would say to that is that he's going to rescue him from his religious background that he couldn't probably get free from he was sold into it he says i'm gonna i'm going to rescue you from your own people and from the gentiles i am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of satan to god so that you may receive forgiveness and of of sins and among a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me paul has the opportunity there to talk about Whatever he wants to talk about. He can talk about, man, he'd been stoned. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been left for dead. All these things. But what does he talk about? He talks about the grace of God. He talks about the love of God. He talks about what God had done in him. I believe that Paul was able to get past the past. And I'm going to be real honest with you. Uh, I think that's what holds a lot of people hostage is the past. I'm not qualified. Uh, you know, I, 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 I couldn't do that. Uh, you know, it's like, you just don't know what I've done. You don't, you don't know my sin. You don't know my failures. You don't know my, you know, my whatever's going on. But I want you to know today, it's the grace of God. It's not your qualifications. If you're qualified and educated and all, that's wonderful. But that's not what qualifies any of us. What qualifies all of us is God's grace. Him reaching into our life. And him uh, pouring in, I love what he says there in in Timothy. Let me just reflect back for a second. Uh, Verse 14, he says, the grace of our Lord, which was poured out on me abundantly. That's what was poured out on him. That's what's poured out on us. I love that verse. Verse 14, the grace of our Lord, which was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Every single one of us can claim that. Every single one of us can reach out because here's the thing, we're not living for ourselves. If you've been a part of of this church for any length of time, you know we are very outward focused. We're not living for ourselves. It's that grace and that that faith and love that are poured out on us. Uh, Paul never got over the grace of God. Uh, The question is, and I'll just ask this briefly and everybody just kind of search your own heart have you gotten over the grace of god is that old hat is that old news is oh that happened a long time ago oh that yeah i remember back in 1972 when i got saved it was it was a good day oh church every single day fresh grace is poured out for what so that we can get up and move forward so that we're not held back by by hurts Listen, there's hurts that happened to people in this group, even this, this size. There's hurts that have happened to us in the last week. Hurts that have happened to us in the last month, the last year, two years, three years. And, and if we don't get grace to get up, to move forward, you know what it does? We get stuck. If you've ever worked with concrete, you know, you mix it up and then you have just a certain amount of time. You got to get up. And move because if you don't get up and move, if you don't get out of it, you get stuck in it. And the thing is, is here's the good news: you might be stuck, but the grace of God will give you power to get up and to move out of where you are. Because the thing is, the enemy would love to leave you in a place where sure I'm saved. Oh, God loves me. I yes, He does. But what is He doing in us? Let's never forget the love. The faith and the love that he has for us, first of all. Let's never forget that. But let's also never forget that he has put faith and love inside of us for others. And that's all grace. That's all grace. He's put that inside of us. Verse 14, let me read it again quickly. The grace of our Lord. Was poured out on me. I can say that for you and me too. Was poured out on us abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ. Today, let me ask you: What are you allowing to disqualify you? What are you allowing to, to tell you that you you can't do this? Uh, maybe maybe you didn't you don't have the quote education. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're not financially as well off as you think you might need to be in order to reach certain people. It's not my life in itself that does anything. It's Christ's life in me, his life in us, in every single one of you. If I could reach out there and touch every one of you on the forehead, I would do that. Because that's what God's doing right now. He's touching you, pouring out into you fresh grace. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that that he resists the proud. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, this morning, I want to take a minute and I would like to pray, like to pray for you, no matter where you are. You know, in everybody's mission field, as it were, at home is different. Maybe you have a mission field at work. Maybe you have a mission field in your neighborhood. Maybe you have a mission field in your family. For me, a lot of my mission field was in my family. I saw my, after I came to Christ, I saw my mom. I was able to lead my mom to Christ. I was able to lead my brother to Christ. I was able to lead my one of my uncles to Christ, My several of my cousins. Uh, that's just in my family alone. And uh, that was huge, obviously, as you can only imagine. God's not looking for someone out there. He is, but he's looking for someone right here. Let me pray for you this morning, if you would let me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for for the, the church in Canberra. I thank you for all of these folks, Lord. God, I thank you for Doug. Lord, I can't pronounce all these names, but you know them all. You know all these folks. You know every single one of them, Lord. And these are people, God, that you have raised up, you've brought together. You've gathered them, Lord, and you know our past, and you know our failures, and you know all the stuff, Lord, that, that we have lived through. But Lord, let's live beyond it now. Let's live beyond all of those things that would try to hold us back. I thank you, Father, for a fresh grace, a fresh anointing, a fresh strength, a fresh love, God, a fresh love, a fresh faith in Jesus' name on this church and on these these believers. Uh, God, that even this week, Lord, we would have opportunity to open our mouths and to begin to share and to love. Lord, maybe we open our hands and maybe we we, we we share the love of God with what we can do. Maybe we open our hearts and we share it with how we can love others. Maybe we open our, our pocketbooks or maybe we open our mouths and we tell of your goodness and your love. But God, I thank you for the body of Christ that's alive and well in, in the church in Canberra, in the church and in church of Canberra, Imaginations Church, Canberra. I pray grace, grace, and peace on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. amen.